This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. A slow start leads to a loss to the Bruins. Daniel Carr at long last plays again, and the Islanders take over first place in the East Division. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, April 9th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Ben, it was a pretty sleepy start in last night's game from a Capitals perspective. The shots in the first period were 17-8. The Bruins did get some good fortune, I thought, in the first period. But you know what? Teams make their own luck. The Bruins did. They get two first-period goals, one from Jeremy Lausanne in the first 33 seconds. Anton Bleed scores late in the period. And even though the Capitals had some fight in the second period on the power play, again, you're clawing from behind if you're Washington. And chasing the game uh, literally for almost the entirety of the night. 33 seconds in, as you noted, the Boston Bruins opening the scoring and really was an uphill climb the rest of the way. Capitals with a little bit of life, thanks to some power play opportunities in the second period. But for the most part, at even strength, five on five. Uh, Bruins were the better of the two teams in this one. Uh, Ilya Samsonov maybe wants that first one back that he allowed in the opening minute, but he eventually settled down. As for the performance in front of him from the rest of his teammates, a lot to be desired in this one from a Capitals perspective. And talking about the Boston Bruins, maybe they were fortunate. They had some luck on their side. You do create that luck. Thought they forced the Capitals into a number of turnovers and that the Boston Bruins were able to take advantage of. And the Anton Bleed goal that, that you referenced to make it 2 nothing for Boston late in the first period, an example of that, that's the goal where it, you know, the Capitals were trying to clear it, went off a stanchion behind the net and deflected, redirected in front, and Boston was able to capitalize and take a 2 nothing lead. Well, about 15, 20 seconds before that unfortunate bounce for the Capitals, uh, Anton Bleed intercepted a pass Chara had for Ovechkin in the neutral zone, went the other way in transition. It was sort of the seed that was planted that eventually led to the Boston goal. So overall, Bruins just a, a step quicker, stronger. The two teams set the tone early, and the Capitals just seemed a little lackluster in dropping their fourth out of six now over this stretch. Capitals did allow a shorthanded goal to Brad Marchand in the second period, and what a pretty goal that was just from an aesthetic standpoint. But it also ends up being the game winner, Ben. Alex Ovechkin gets a power play goal, a missile that he scored for his 20th of the year midway through, and 19 seconds later, T.J. Oshie gets his eighth power play goal and his 12th of the season. So some good and bad here. The Capitals' power play, they needed to get better. They did, but the Capitals last night, they get nothing at five on five, and that's been their bread and butter for most of the year, and coming back off the road trip, They seem tired. They seem like they were chasing. They seem like the Bruins had maybe a little bit better jump and certainly getting through the neutral zone of the Bruins proved to be problematic. I mean, the Caps really didn't have enough push into the offensive zone. I thought they were better in the second period, but the first period, not so much. And when they needed goals at the end, they just didn't get enough five-on-five attention. Unable to take advantage of a Boston Bruins team, which also dealing with a very condensed portion of their schedule i know maybe you know the thought is maybe fatigue starting to creep in a little bit on the capital side because of the condensed nature of the schedule because of the the road trip they were just on it wasn't maybe necessarily demanding travel but that being said you're, you're on the road in this unorthodox season for as long as they are maybe the schedule catching up to them but you know what it's the same thing for a lot of teams and the boston bruins are going through that too we heard from judd surratt on yesterday's show talking about how condensed their schedule is the boston bruins they're making up for lost time making up for games that were postponed due to COVID issues and that boston bruins team that comes to town last night 
Again, dealing with the injury bug. They're playing shorthanded. They're down to their fourth-string goaltender starting last night. And, yes, it's a highly touted prospect who has showed himself well so far in his NHL career. But there were a number of areas where you thought if you're the Capitals, you're back home, maybe you could take advantage, put the Boston Bruins on their heels early. And it wasn't the case. It was just the opposite. The Boston Bruins were certainly the stronger of the two in the first period. While the Capitals showed signs of life, so ultimately, it was too little, too late. They dug themselves too big of a hole early on, and Boston Bruins were able to hold on from there. It's tough to find a lot of good things about last night, but this is one for me. I thought the fact that Elias Samsonov, after giving up that goal 33 seconds into Lausanne, one that he wanted back, he looked rattled to me, honestly, after that. The next puck that came his way looked a little bit like he had the yips. But I thought he did a really nice job of settling down and making a lot of big saves after that. Look, he's not going to stop that Marshawn chance. That was a brilliant shorthanded goal. The goal at the end of the power play from Craig Smith, not much he's going to do on that either. I mean, really, the only one was the Lausanne goal. Everything else, I thought he was all right. He needed more help in front of him, but I thought he showed battle. I thought he showed composure. I thought he showed compete. I thought that that was what the Capitals need out of their goaltending, and I thought even though they didn't win the game, I thought they got it last night. I agree, and that's what makes this now two-game skid, the one nothing loss to the New York Islanders on Tuesday and this loss to the Boston Bruins. A little unfortunate from a Capitals perspective is that you are getting some solid goaltending this week. We were questioning to an extent some of the goaltending over the previous couple of weeks, you know, whether they were getting the big save at the big moment, whether the goaltenders were doing enough to keep them in the game, you know, bailing out their teammates, etc. And they've been doing it of late here. And the Capitals haven't, as the players in front of them, haven't necessarily been able to take advantage of that. But to your point, Samsonov was, was sharp once he settled, uh, you know, fairly, you know, a few minutes into the first period last night. And keeping in mind the way he showed himself on Sunday, in that win over the New Jersey Devils, again, coming back to the score, it was a 5-4 final, 5-4, you think, all right, well, was the goaltending really the difference? He was really good on Sunday. So that's a couple of starts in a row now that Samsonov has shown himself well, and hopefully he could build this, uh, you know, build off of it when we see him again. Doubt it's tonight against Buffalo. We'll find out for a certain later day. I have to figure it'll be Vanacek, but then when these two teams, Caps and Bruins, meet again on uh, Sunday at TD Garden, if it is Samsonov again, hopefully he could build off this and continue a little streak here. 28 straight games, going to be 29 potentially tonight against Buffalo with the same six defensemen, which a team like Boston, pretty envious of. They've used 12D this year. The Capitals have had a luxury of sorts to be able to roll out the same six in meaningful games going all the way back to February 7th. But when you have the amount of workload and the amount of games that have gone on here over this stretch, a five-game road trip, you come home for one, it's a back-to-back Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Jonas Siegenthaler haven't played in two months. To try and get them back into game shape at this point, it's going to take a little doing. And I'm not suggesting that maybe you need to have these guys get a series of games, but they've got to feel like they're part of this at some point. And you've got uh, one defenseman on this team who's 44 years old playing in a back-to-back potentially tonight in Buffalo against a team, with all due respect, is not very good. If there's ever a time to put in Van Riemsdyk or Siegenthaler, I'm not advocating for both, but I would like to see these guys involved. And Benny, for all that we're talking about, fatigue, workload, all these things, you've got some guys here that need to get in the lineup at some point. And and I think for Siegenthaler and and TVR, they got to get back in here. Yeah, I agree. And this this is an opportunity for the reasons you stated, the back-to-backs, the the opponent, the nature of how condensed the schedule has been. And even the fact that last night going into the game against Boston, we started to see for the first time in a long time, even just tweaks 
among the defensive pairings. And also worth noting, talking about Sedano Chara, his minutes have actually been a little limited this week. In the, in the one nothing loss to the Islanders on Tuesday, he played a season-low 13 minutes and change. And then last night against Boston, so maybe you're not overtaxing him, but he played 16 minutes even last night against Boston. But for Chara, that, that's lower. You know, he's been more in the, you know, 17, 18 minute range. But the other night against the Islanders was his season low. So I wonder what that's potentially about as well. And you look at Brendan Dillon last night as well, uh, lower than his normal usage, you know, played 1640 last night, was moved down the depth chart a little bit off the typical top pair for most of the night that we've seen him on uh, this season with John Carlson. So little tweaking among the back pair, uh, the, the defensive pairings, and to your point, at some point with Siegenthaler and TVR, you don't want to throw him in cold in, in, you know, whatever it is, game five of the first round series because you need him due to injury, whatever. Wouldn't be a bad thing to, to get him a game and get him a look and similar manner in which, they dressed Daniel Carr last night, Peter Laviolette acknowledging, you know, wanted to get him in and he's been a good soldier and had been working hard with the taxi squad, et cetera. Imagine a lot of those attributes would, would apply as well to Siegenthaler and Van Riemsdyk. Sure would like to see one of those guys at least get in against Buffalo and against the Sabres. I mean, it feels like a perfect opportunity in the back half of two and two. All right, one more negative to get on here before we start moving toward the game tonight against the Sabres. The return of Jacob Brana, two games now that he has been back, Tuesday on Long Island. One shot on net. Last night, he gets a shot in the third period against the Bruins. It was the only shot he got all night. If you get sat, and if you are a healthy scratch, the coach has said what he has said, and maybe not in a pointed way like John Tortorella might, but Peter Laviolette has also been, I think, pretty honest in talking about the things that he needs to improve. One shot on net, no offense now for no goals for 13 games. If you're Jacob Rana, you've got to do something. Get on the sheet. Do something when you're out there. I, I got to say, I'm pretty disappointed with where his game is right now, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Hockey operations going into the trade deadline. I mean, Jacob Rana was a legitimate top six forward coming off a 25-goal season. Right now, he's got 10. He's got none in 13. And, you know, listen, I'm sure he didn't like getting sat out, but he's got to pick up his socks and start going here. Yeah, and haven't seen it in the two games since his return, and it's almost a carryover of what we saw or didn't see maybe from before he sat out as a healthy scratch. And I know Peter Laviolette has a checklist that he shared with us as far as some of the things he's looking for, and it's again a lot of those little things, the, the defensive responsibilities, the puck battles, the compete level, but it's some of what you're referencing too, John, talking about you, know, you want to see something, right? You want to see some life. You want to see some edge. You want to see – some compete, some things that are in your control as a player. You know, if maybe the puck isn't going into the net, are you doing the things to at least give yourself the opportunity to, to find the back of the net and produce offensively? Or, you know, if the goal scoring isn't there, where else are you contributing? For Jacob Verano right now, not only are the goals dry and the, the opportunities are dry, but just even the, the eye test, it just seems, and it's a small sample size since he came back from the scratch, but a lot of these you know, elements that we're talking about were, were there in the weeks leading up to the reason why he ultimately sat two games as a healthy scratch. So hopefully against Buffalo and, and in a building where he has some some strong history and some good memories, that could ignite some some positivity from Jacob Verana because, to your point, it really hasn't been there since he returned and certainly predates uh, his sitting as a healthy scratch. Yeah, first NHL goal in the building he is playing in tonight. Hopefully he will bring it there. All right, so let's go around the Mass Mutual East Division last night. Let's start with the Islanders because they are now the first place team 
in the division. It took a shootout, but the Islanders won at home last night, downing the Flyers 3-2. to two. Islanders build up a 2-0 lead on goals from Brock Nelson and Jordan Everly, but Philly showing some guts in coming back in a really tough building to play in. They come back and get a point. Goal late in the first period from Nicholas Albe-Cubell. Early second period from Jake Voracek. No more goals until the skills. Brock Nelson would get a goal, and then Elias Sorokin would do the rest. Number 86 for the Flyers. The left-handed shot goes wide right to the slot. He shoots. Saved by Sorokin, and the Islanders win it. 3-2, our final score. The Islanders pick up points 55 and 56. a 26-10-4 record for your New York Islanders. That is Greg Picker on the call, usually doing color commentary, but slotting over and doing a nice job in the absence of Chris King, who we certainly hope is feeling better coming down with COVID-19. Hopefully, Kinger is back in the booth sometime soon, but expected to be out for a couple of more games. So Sorokin makes the save, the shootout win for Brock Nelson, and Ben, the Isles find themselves in first place this morning. Continuing to win on home ice are the Islanders a league-best 17-1-2 and two at home. They've won four straight, over, four straight overall. They've won seven of their last nine. And now reinforcements in the lineup with the addition of Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac both making their debuts last night for the Islanders. And Barry Trotz has them playing winning hockey right now last night with their two points. Around the Mass Mutual East, we continue with the Penguins beating the Rangers last night 5-2 to two after back-to-back Lopsided losses. Pittsburgh now within two points of the Caps for second in the East. Chris Letang scored goal number seven on the season. Evan Rodriguez, goal number five. Jason Zucker got number six. The Rangers now seven out of a playoff spot with 17 to play. Yeah, it doesn't look good. No, it was a big night for the Boston Bruins for many reasons. Not only did they take care of business in Washington, but they create a little bit more separation between themselves and their nearest competitors for a final playoff spot in the East. Now six up on Philly, and to your point, uh, big two-point cushion now seven up on the New York Rangers. Sabres, the opponent tonight, of course, had a five-game point streak snap last night. They lost to New Jersey. Linus Olmark took the loss in goal. We perhaps might see Dustin Tokarski tonight. He backed up last night in the setback. We'll see. Final score there, 6-3. to three. Tonight in the Mass Mutual East, the Penguins travel to New Jersey to take on the Devils. And the Rangers and Islanders drop the puck on Long Island tonight. Third home game in four nights for the Isles this evening. Standings look like this on this Friday morning. It's the Islanders in first with 56. Washington drops to second. The Capitals now with 54. Pittsburgh at 52. All three of the top three teams in the Mass Mutual East with 16 games to go in the regular season. Boston with the win last night over the Capitals now with 48 points within four points of the Penguins for third within six points of the Caps for second. So that game Sunday against Boston is looming rather large. And as mentioned with Philadelphia only getting a point six out of a playoff spot now with 42 points Flyers in fifth Rangers in six with 41 and the Devils with 32 Cap Sabres at seven o'clock tonight coverage starts at four o'clock with Caps game day. Final show before Monday's trade deadline. We'll put the spotlight around the league looking at some of the contenders who have already added to their rosters. We touched on the Islanders, Florida Panthers with a big deal yesterday, and we'll look ahead to Monday's NHL trade deadline. Also, hear a little bit from Henrik Lundqvist, his sit-down with Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. Henrik Lundqvist, hopeful for some good news from his doctors in the coming days as well. A remarkable story to this point He continues his recovery from the heart surgery he underwent a couple of months ago and gets back on the ice and continues to hope for an NHL comeback.
Chicken wings for everybody. Caps, Sabres tonight at 7. Network Air is at 645. Ben, have yourself a real spiffy weekend. Happy Friday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.